0: Hello and welcome to Tenyen Time Machine. Before we get started, just a few things to clear things up. First off, the name of the podcast is Tenyen Time Machine, so please ignore whatever we were talking about at the end of the show. Also, please forgive us for our amateurness, because we do not know what we're doing at all, so I'm sorry. But anyways, let's get started, and uh, here's the show. get started. Um, you want to you do the first introduction because this is uh, this is basically your idea.
1: Kind of, it is.
0: Yeah, I guess my name is Ron Duwell.
1: I, uh, I live in the awesome city of Kobe, Japan. I've been living here for three years. Uh, I love Japanese film cinema history. I know quite a bit about it, I like to think. And uh, yeah, that's my story. Well, who are you?
0: Uh, I'm Derek Huber, or some people call make Huber. According to the Japanese government, I'm Derek Huber. That's not that interesting. Um, Anyways, I'm Derek Huber, and uh, I live in the wonderful city of Hiroshima, Japan. I've been in this country now six years, and uh, I also love Japanese movies, Japanese cinema. Maybe a little bit different than Ron. Ron tends to like more of the classic stuff. I like more of the more modern stuff, especially stuff in the 80s. Uh, I also like to think... hmm, and um, yeah, and uh, let's let's get this started. Um, I think the first movie. Well, I don't think the first movie. The first movie we're going to be talking about today is a movie called Ikiru. And uh, Ron, you want to give a a, big, a brief rundown of uh, the story? Yeah, Ikiru is the the
1: second film after Kurosawa made it big with Rashomon in 1950. So in 1952, Ikiru was made. It's the story of an old man. He um, discovers he has six months left to live after the doctor doesn't tell him directly, but he figures out he has stomach cancer and the big question of what would you do with your life if you had six months left to live?
0: Yeah. And it's uh, he goes through this whole crazy process and, he, um, during the process, he, he just, de- he decides to take, um, uh, 50,000 yen, which at that time was, was a lot of money. Quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. And he decides to just go party. And in the process, he, he discovers that he, that really isn't what he wanted and he gets even more distraught. And then he meets up with one of his, uh, his coworkers, a young girl who, uh, decides to quit and he gets inspired by her, her, just like her zeal for life. Her usefulness, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he he at one point like he he he, he, he tra- desperately tries to find out. It's like you know why why what what what, what is it? Yeah, what is it? What is it that you do that makes your life so, so amazing, so interesting? And then she's like, oh, I don't know. Then he discovers that uh, what he's gonna do is uh, build a park. Mm-hmm. I think you're missing one small step there. Right before he goes out
1: drinking, one big step he go one big step he goes through though is he tries to lose himself in the memories of his son.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Like he remembers all the times when he wasn't there for his son, but he's still trying to convince himself that he and his son are close. And like that's all there is left.
0: Yeah, which is ironic because they live in the same house. Mm-hmm. yet they're so far apart. Yeah, so, which is an interesting and- thing. But anyways, going back to the story, um, I don't think we're quite finished yet because we also missed the part of the uh, the wake. Uh, the wake takes place like there's a
1: weird jump in the film, like right where the traditional, uh, right where a traditional classic like climax would happen. He discovers what he's going to do. The film immediately jumps. The- five months later, and the setting is at at his wake. He's already passed away. Uh, His coworkers are all sitting around trying to discuss whether or not he knew he was going to die or why he would leave his department and actually do something with his work. Uh, Yeah, they slowly and slowly get more drunk.
0: The drunker they get, the more of the the story to the truth it becomes. Uh, You kind of see these, it's interlaced with um, these kind of flashback scenes of um, what he was doing in those five months which was, uh, you know, really just, he was working really hard, essentially doing what he was doing before, but this time with purpose, like extreme purpose. So yeah, it's, it's just really interesting, especially their, their drunken reactions and, uh, not to, you know, like ruin the movie. Well, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and this movie has been out for almost what, 60 years now, um, spoiler alert, that's it. Uh, (laughs) the uh the whole staff drunkenly agrees with each other we're going to we're going to change we're going to shake up the system we're all going to work together and then at the end of it there is this uh this is great scene this is really really quick, great scene where this uh person comes in is complaining about i think pipes bursting in their neighborhood <laughs> and the uh one of the uh, and if you've ever been to a um, a japanese uh, oh, city hall or something like that you know what it is is like there's this <laughs> big desk this huge desk and you go to the desk, and the guy's like, "Hi, can I help you?" And you're, you 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 tell him what you got to do. You give him the paperwork, or you fill them out. So, anyways, and picture of this, this is this huge desk. There's this low-level bureaucrat there, and he's complaining about pipes, the sewage pipes of all things, <laughs> bursting in his neighborhood. And then he goes to uh, the, this. Sorry, the uh, the bureaucrat, the low-level bureaucrat, goes to his boss, the uh, the section chief, and he's like, "Hey, hey, boss, these guys are complaining about the sewage." and the boss just basically goes, ah, just give it to engineering and just pass the bar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, he stands up
1: in protest, and he, says, he means he's the only one who really remembers yeah. what, what this whole, like, realization on their lives were. Yeah. And uh, the section chief, he's the new guy who's replaced the dead main character, who I guess we should refer to as Watanabe. That's yes, Watanabe, yes. Watanabe is dead now, <laughs> so then his replacement, he doesn't even say anything, he just looks at the guy, and the guy sits back down, realizing how helpless he is against this against this machine he doesn't have the willpower yeah he doesn't have the power that Watanabe had in the last month yeah. of his
0: life yeah and it, it's, it was great and there's this uh, kind of touching last scene where that same level low level bureaucrat that kind of was stood up in protest he goes to the park that Watanabe-san built and he kind of looks over it and then the sort of camera just goes out from there it's a really really nice scene um mm-hmm. I don't know overall I mean let's let's talk about it well like how did you feel about the movie? What did you think about it? I've seen this movie many, many times. i mean, I think that this is
1: kind of our didactic because I had seen this movie before many times and this is your first time, yeah, and this is actually my favorite movie <laughs> so, oh, I'll just I get know. I'll, I can I'll just get that out there right now. This is my favorite movie. I love this film very much <laughs> uh, I like uh. I love the actor, the main actor Takashi Shimura. He's been in 19 films with Kurosawa, which is actually more than Toshiro Mifune, who they are, who is actually considered to be Kurosawa's go-to guy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Ikiru is the only film that does not feature Toshiro Mifune. Ever since they started their little um, collaborations with each other, but uh, Takashi Shimura, he's he's often seen as like the the teacher character to. Mifune is like wild, crazy character.
0: Ah, uh, I see, I see. But yeah,
1: his acting is great. Right before he was in this film he suffered from appendicitis, so that means he was able to play a sick man pretty pretty well. Lost a lot of weight and mm-hmm. kind of just loses himself in the role. He's sad, he's always got tears in his eyes. Meek old Japanese man who I think you and I kind of see on a daily basis.
0: But we do, but at the same time there is I think his uh he's also not just a, a weak old Japanese man. Like, in yeah. the sense. it's like this guy's his, he's come to the realization that he's been beaten. Like, <laughs> holy, holy shit. What have I been doing with my life? Kind of thing. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's so, I've been wasting all this time. And he, he, just came to this huge realization of it kind of thing. And he doesn't, this is an amazing job of portraying that is his, his uh, singing. I think are, was great because he was that Ooh, really, whoa, whoa. Uh, really low, really just really hard, it's it's oh it's, it was great and uh, there's there's two there's two times when you hear this particular song and one uh, he's out on the town with this <laughs> guy he meets yeah his,
1: his Mephistopheles the yes, guy he his Meph-
0: Mep- Mephistopheles but without the reward um, I think he refers <laughs> himself as and um, they're going out and then he they go to like what I want to call like a proto hostess club.
1: It looks kind of like a hostess club
0: but it's it's weird because like people are dancing and it's I, I guess what a hostess club was back in the 50s it, okay it,
1: that's, I, that's, that's, it's actually a very good scene I love the scene where he just starts singing and everyone is just so like transfixed on him yeah and he, he, of,
0: he brought the whole scene down it was like this huge thing of like sound <laughs> like Samba music from the 50s you know
1: that's like the old, that's the only scene in the movie I just can't stand that that lady she just scares me when she's doing that jig of hers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was kind of crazy.
0: She just those high gigs like ha, ha and, the, and the guy in the piano he's just like whoa
1: hey woohoo, yeah oh woo-hoo,
0: that's an amazing yeah. to do. It was, it was so well choreographed too it looked like um, something mm-hmm. like uh, they had done that every single night for every single salary man who's no, ever done it. Basically, basically and like he just all he does is drink and just play the piano wildly kind of thing. Uh, it was great. And everything, everybody, had wild hair, you know, really crazy suits and whatnot. But um, yeah, you mentioned that you, you've seen this movie. This is my first time watching it. I, I literally watched it uh, earlier today, uh, as uh, you know, uh, I had some free time, so I thought, I, I thought I'd get it done. But um, no, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a great movie. I'm a big fan of Kurosawa. Um, I think I've seen Seven Samurai, like most, you know. Movie martial art film buffs. Um, the
1: great thing about Kurosawa is that his gateway film Seven Samurai is a three hour film. So <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. That's the first one most people
0: go to. Yeah, well, it's just so it's just so out there kind of thing. And yeah, the other yeah. Kurosawa movie. The, actually, the I've only seen uh, two Kurosawa movies. One being that. The other being Dreams. I've um, seen last,
1: that. Yet. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is which is really really you, you can see the way you know the Takeshi Takeshi he's kind of he wants to be Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see that, like, you know, he's, you know, Kurosawa had his, like, you know, action, like, films about tough guys, and then it's like some sort of artistic film, like, Kurosawa did do, Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, you're not Kurosawa. Cut cut out, man. I mean, you're, you're good. You make great movies, but you're, you're no Kurosawa. Not not that, not that I don't like uh, B. Takeshi, and I think um, I want to talk to you about the next film, might be one of his. Okay. But uh, let's go back to this film. Because, uh, just talking about a couple things, like, let's talk about the first, um, first bit about it, uh, where he's in the hospital, where he's getting the diagnosis, <laughs> and, um, one thing that really struck me uh, was the scene before he met with the doctor, and the guy, <laughs> the guy, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going in there, it's like, oh, what's wrong, I don't know, and then like, this guy is like, hey, what are you going in for, you going to see this guy here, he went in to get his stomach, he thought he had an ulcer, they told me he had an ulcer, but then this happened, and then he. And he got, and he started vomiting, and he started couldn't couldn't hold down any food, and then the diarrhea, and then after that there was a constipation, and then finally everything became bloody, and oh, uh, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So if they tell you you got an ulcer, you really got like this horrible stomach cancer condition kind of thing, and his face is just so so white, so so <coughs> petrified. You can, you can, you know... It's a good thing he was sick before, because he might not have been able to, you know... There's, there's
1: one really great line that guy says: if my stomach doesn't hurt, I hard. I can't... I don't feel alive these days. If
0: my stomach <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. It's like, <laughs> eh, what can you do? I'm gonna die. Eh. Yeah. Then he goes to see some doctors, and the doctor gives him exactly that diagnosis. Step by step, by yeah. step, by step, by step, He just He's just th- like, please just tell me the truth. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know, just, uh... Have some common sense. What's uh, good? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was watching the
1: um, the audio commentary on the Criterion DVD, and apparently the historian says that that was very commonplace back in the 50s. And yeah. It was that they would not tell you that you were going to die because they've got your life happily I, instead of dying quickly.
0: Well, if you remember, like, you know, uh, after the scene, so the next scene he meets. Um... He's, he's, he's having this flashback and this uh, trying to get this emotional realization with his son, which really isn't there and whatnot. But then he goes to the bar and the you know the I want He's a writer. I don't know who that character is. It's just some sort he's, of
1: like, he's just some novelist. He bumps into the actor. His name is uh, Yunosuke Ito. Okay.
0: It <laughs> he bumps into that guy and the guy's about to finish his day at work and um, he's uh, he's like, Ah, oh, you gonna go get me some sleeping pills? And then Watanabe sans like, Well, here, just take mine. I don't think I'm gonna need these anymore. So he was going to commit suicide. So I think why those doctors might have given the uh, the people that kind of like you know half-assed explanation is because they didn't want all these people committing suicide (laughs) because like we can't do anything. You got stomach. I don't know. I mean, I'm just this is all speculation on my part. So no one, no one try to sue us or or try to get some ideas. This is speculation. (laughs) Speculation it's all educated guess or halfway educated guess anyway also in that
1: scene is film but uh, the the doctor's apprentice who asks him are you sure we should have told that guy a lie or whatever that's that's the youngest of the seven samurai oh also yeah five of the seven samurai appear in this movie really there's there's, uh, two of the guys who work for Watanabe. Watanabe himself is the leader of the Seven Samurai. Oh, that's right. At the end, the yakuza guy who grabs him in, in the hallway with a big movie big, <laughs> big scar on his face—he's also one of the Seven Samurai. Well,
0: let's let's explain that that uh, little like during the wake and during the uh, the flashback scenes, what happens?
1: Uh, well, starts off as the, the deputy mayor is there. He's played by the character actor Nobu Naka, Nakamura. Kurosawa often used him in lots of films, so he's kind of like this really slippery, kind of slimy-looking actor. <laughs> Sorry, to <laughs> it's really nice. Sorry to say, but he's, <laughs> he often plays these kind of roles in Kurosawa movies. He was in, like, the best as well and played, like, this kind of PC lawyer. Hmm. The press are there. The press are also a recurring um, kind of cynical press who shows up and they start, like, commenting the hell out of, what's going on or whatever they show up they start giving the mayor crap because he took he was taking all the credit for building the park and he was put Watanabe in the back seat in the dedication ceremony and he was Watanabe despite all of his trials to get this park built he was kind of just treated as second class yeah uh, they were accusing the mayor of electoral votes and whatnot or whatever he needed to keep his bureaucracy position that's kind yeah. of it but That's kind of a the theme of this movie: is just protecting your position rather than actually doing something.
0: Yeah. Well, during the week, they all um, they all comment on the fact that you know, yo, we live in, we work in city hall. You got to protect your turf. You got to protect your turf. <laughs> how, the dare he, like, how dare he try and do something outside of his turf? Exactly. Like how like dare gang,
1: you? How dare gang, you overstep? Daniel or something like that. Yeah. But the wick scene is the best scene in the film by far. It's all, all of the guys are Kurosawa regulars. so It's kinda like, it's like a bunch of buddies getting drunk together.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just sort of like, here's a premise, go get drunk now.
1: <laughs> it's just like you filmed it perfectly. It starts yeah. off very slow, but the more and more drunk they get. This filming gets more sporadic, different angles, weird dolly yeah. tracking.
0: What's great about that that last scene too is like if you notice, like it's all the bureaucrats are getting just drunker and drunker and drunker. And family is kind of like awkwardly sitting to the side, like just it's sort red of like doing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah, it always kind of put me off when they're just kind of sitting there.
0: I guess, you know, they, they kind of have no choice because like they're there to celebrate their, the guy's father's death and no one else is there. He didn't like it be, you know, friends in the, uh, the neighborhood. So it's like, I guess we got to let these guys get drunk and, uh, you know, that whole idea of, um, you know, drinking in Japan, it's like, well, they're allowed to do it because they're drunk. Just let them be, just let them get, let them get out of their system. Kind of like, it's fine, you know? And then... yeah, one
1: of the most uncomfortable scenes for me to watch is when this mm-hmm. deputy mayor, he comes back from the reporters and he starts to give this speech to all of the bureaucrats and everyone in the room and he yeah. starts like taking the credit. He's like, oh, it's a shame that the people can't understand how effective we are. Oh, it's a shame. Well, he that's... doesn't
0: take credit himself. Like, I... No, he,
1: he says he gives the credit to some younger guy, that's something right. of his, and the young like says, no, 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 no. It's actually you. Dude. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> so it's really that kind of roundabout way of taking credit kind of thing. It's like, you know, we all worked hard together, but since I'm the boss, <laughs> you know, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> and as soon as he finishes that little rant of his, all the old ladies come in and they start crying and crying oh, and crying over so, Watanabe's wow. picture. Such a good scene. Such it's a, a good. very good scene. And the mayor has absolutely nothing to say after that because he knows, like, these are people he can't control as opposed to his workplace people who he can control. So it knows that the only power he has is within his like little ring of buddies at work.
0: Well, there's a, um, what's great about that, that last segment as well, too, is the fact that you see Watanabe-san becoming, I wouldn't say bolder and bolder, but more steadfast. He meets with the first department head and he just sort of sits there and he kind of like wears the other guy down. So he allegedly yeah, yeah. signs the document. He kind of hounds another guy. It's like, oh, let's let's talk. Oh, engineering engineering chief, engineering chief. Let's talk. Let's talk. And he hounds that guy down. Eventually, he gets to the, the deputy mayor, and the deputy mayor just dismisses him. And then he just wouldn't leave. He uh, made the deputy mayor lose face, you know, and that's something you don't do in Japan, mm-hmm. especially back then. I guess <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good idea and it's a smart scene, and it, it was it it wasn't hokey. It was played very deadpan, and it worked. It was great, you know? Mm -hmm. I think in the hands of a lesser director, you'd have people, like, wailing, oh, we did this, Like, in a new, I want to say the Hollywood way, it would be like, you'd have some sort of, like, sassy, you know, side character being like, that's right, we're going to build it together kind of thing, but in this case, (laughs) it's just like, this is what people would do. Why would we go over the top? Mm -hmm. Because I was really effective of sort of, like, if there was gonna be a, a bureaucrat that's gonna go against the system, it would be like this, and it would, this guy would do it kind of thing. So they know they can do something; they just imagine they don't want to.
1: Yeah. But and also in Japan, you can't just tell someone to get lost. Yeah. So
0: well, unless, yeah. you're, uh, unless you're unless uh, uh, unless you're the boss, unless you're the boss or unless you're the yakuza, but he manages <laughs> to stand up to those guys too. Well, the guy threatens him. He says, do you want to die? And, and Watanabe just laughs in his face. He knows he's going to die. Yeah, and he just looks at him with this his crazy his big <laughs> you know? eyes like, all right. It's the effort, I guess. Me. That's it. All right, you want to do this? <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Like, so. Just shot, looking down in his face. Watanabe's looking right back up. He's got these big sparkles in his eyes.
0: <laughs> it's a really uh, enlightening moment. Yeah, it's a really enlightening mm-hmm. moment. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Let's talk about your favorite scene. What's your favorite scene? The whole movie, just
1: one scene. Besides the wake, I love the entire last third of the movie. You gotta see a scene, uh, though. I also, I also enjoy the opening montage where, it's, where the women are just getting passed back and forth and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. Just, like, face on with all the different section guys and yeah. they're like, you have to go here. No, you have to go here. You have to go here. You have to go here.
0: Yeah.
1: That's always been a good opening to the scene. Yeah, of- I thought
0: that was... I, I like that scene. Like scene a lot. Um... I really, really thought it was well done. But that's not my favorite scene. My favorite scene was when he leaves the hospital, and it's it's just really quiet, and he's walking outside of this construction site, and he's just walking and walking, and then all of a sudden you hear, all this crazy construction noise, like this really loud, really jarring noise. You really felt that he was so much in his own world that he couldn't, he he, he only, it's like, holy shit, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden (laughs) it's like, oh, he was just, pulled back into reality at the same time. So I mm-hmm. thought that was, that was great. It was oh, great. And, and,
1: and I know this a really small, like, effective little scene. Yeah. The, right. most pop, the most popular scene in the movies, is, without a doubt, at the end of the film when he's swinging on the swing in the uh, snow. Uh, that's right. So how often said he often looked for scenes that he just made where everything worked. And he yeah. often cites that as one of his best examples. Yeah. That little scene is just perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it makes sense. It makes sense. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful beautiful scene another scene i really liked was when or the scenes that i really liked when he was with the girl um i mean without her he wouldn't have, have had this whole impetus to sort of like change his life for the better or like work for the better kind of thing What's her name, oh, her name
1: is toyo was her name they don't really mention it that much in the film it took me a while to find it on, mm-hmm. the, on the internet, but her name was toyo
0: But she's she's great because she's very unlike the other bureaucrats he like somehow got the job in city hall as a. Uh, like, as a paper pusher, basically. She did it for about a year. She decided, I'm going to quit. So she does. And just be, happened to be at the same time where uh, son was diagnosed with cancer. And he comes out to her. And at one point, he becomes really, really dependent on her. So he starts taking her out. And she's, like, getting creeped out by him.
1: Mm-hmm. But then she finds
0: out the truth. And she's kind of like, well, what do you want me to do about it kind of thing. So...
1: He has this, he has this absolute like good image of her, and I, I mean, she seemed like a nice character, but I, I didn't see her as like this perfect person. He thought she, I mean, we don't really know her that well, but she has, she probably, obviously has her flaws. Even she, seeing her face, yeah. when he's confessing to her how beautiful, how perfect she is, she's like, no, I'm really not that great. <laughs> yeah.
0: but it doesn't so, matter because it's she's so just full of life. She's so unlike him that he's just in awe of it.
1: You know, but there's. But she was full of life until the one scene where she's actually seen working in her new job. Like she wants to leave the uh, this bureaucracy yeah. to actually have a life and enjoy her job, but still sucked back into the system of work, 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 work.
0: But at the same and time, and that she,
1: when she, uh, she kind of likes it, but I don't really believe her.
0: I think she does because if you're gonna take home toys that you made, I think you pretty much like your job. Yeah, probably. You know, it's like if we took home. You know, workbook, <laughs> Because you're like, this is really interesting. Hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I taught this lesson today. Do you show your girlfriend? I show my wife. It's like, oh, hey, look at this kind of like, you know, But um, I mean, you're right. I mean, she was full of flaws, and um, she was by far not the not a perfect person. But in his eyes, it was just you know, a life that I think he wanted because he saw a lot of like. Remember the the whole night scene where he's out like dancing with those. Those, those women of the night, those loose, women oh yeah, and these, yeah, these yeah, and th- stuff like that. So he did experience like a form of living, you know, like living in, in kind of a superficial sense, you know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the artificial happiness of exactly. Japanese nightlife. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, oh, I got the image of me and my boys going out with these beautiful women, and that that's just well, what happened, just
0: well the I wrote down like the stuff he does, right? <laughs> so he starts off in that kind of like what like, tiny izakaya slash bar kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sake. Then he meets up with a novelist, and they go play pachinko. Then they go to a beer hall. Then they go through this prostitute alley kind of thing where he loses his hat. Then they go to a classy bar where he uh, thinks he's going to get his hat stolen by the bar patriot. (laughs) Um, Then they go to a hostess club or a boogie-woogie club or something weird where he, he sort of, like, you know brings the whole house down with this really sad song. Then they go to a strip show. <laughs> then they go to another uh, dance club where he goes in samba uh, dancing and stuff like that. Then at the end of it, those those women he met, those those dancing women he met, uh, they take a taxi back. And then he um, kind of, you know, he throws. He has to throw up. And when he walks back, the novelist is looking for him. He's like, "Hey, you okay? You okay?" And he just has this like aura of
1: death. Crazy. yeah, those crazy staring eyes. It oh, says, geez. "What are you doing? Oh my god, this right. is not what it's meant to be." <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great! And
1: then those two girls sing that song,
0: like "Come on to my house, come yeah, on, on to my, my house, house <laughs> to buy you a Christmas tree." It's like, it's like, oh man!
1: But um, I mean,
0: overall, I really like this movie. I can see why it's your favorite movie. I wouldn't call it my favorite movie, but my my taste is much much different. It, it, it
1: depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you want to, you got your Hollywood side and you got your yeah, other kind of film side. If I'm, but this is one I can watch no matter what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah, and I can see that. It has a lot of Hollywood qualities. Like, typically Japanese films don't have that central hero who's doing, like, this kind of self sex Like, Kurosawa was often criticized for having this one-person thing who solved all of society's problems. And yeah. he's criticized for that because that's a very, very American viewpoint. Yeah. That one one man can make a difference. And it's yeah. Japan. traditionally in Japan, that's not the, that's not the viewpoint. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it, it has its Hollywood qualities, it's entertaining, it's got good characters, good acting. I especially like the the deputy mayor character, the tempo <laughs> Nakamura. Yeah. He always turns up in movies, and yeah, stuff. It's I'm, always, it, I'm always happy to see him. <laughs> ah. uh, you mentioned one thing I wanted to talk about, <clears> the <throat> yep. hat. The hat was very important. Oh, yes. Because um, they bring it back to the wake and, um, nobody recognizes the hat because they all know Watanabe from his boring life before. He had this old, boring hat. Now he has this white, flashy, very kind of extravagant hat. Yeah. And, uh, he bring it, the, he bring it to the wake and nobody recognizes it. So it just kind of shows how much of the change that Watanabe had gone through.
0: Yeah. Well, like on, on many levels too. And then, um, there's this, uh, there's one line that I really I really liked and um uh, what the guy who became the new district chief was uh was with Watanabe and they're trying to get something signed and maybe some budget passed or something like that and um they leave and the the assistant uh says he's like I'm so angry why wouldn't they tell us and he, he starts yelling and he starts getting very angry and then he goes to Watanabe was like aren't you angry don't you feel you know pissed off and then I think he says I mean the translation would be um I can't afford to hate people I haven't got that kind of time and I'm like wow what a what an, wow, what a powerful line kind of thing. Even in translation, it works. Then later on, um, he's walking with another assistant, and then he sees this beautiful sunset. It's like, wow, look at that sunset. It's so beautiful. It's been so long since I've noticed it. <sighs> but I haven't got that kind of time. And he kind of walks on. So it's like, whoa. It's just very, very powerful. Very,
1: very the sun, the sunset scene is like in many, many Kurosawa movies. you often had that low <laughs> shot below the bridge, looking up. He did that, and I think he did that in Drunken Angel with his very same character. Oh, right. well, not, not, the same character, same actor. Takashi Was it Shimura? I think it might have been. It's like a low shot, now looking up at the sky from down below a bridge. It's pretty common. It's pretty. Common. I don't know. If it's. I know it's an
0: LED <laughs> Um, There's a couple things I'm on uh, on Wikipedia right now, and I'm just looking at the song he sings at the end of the movie. Uh, It's called uh, Gondola no Uta. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: The Gondola Song. And uh, check it out. It's on Wikipedia if anyone (laughs) who listens to this,
1: just just check it out. It's basically about... A uh, young, song, a young woman to get married while she's young and pretty before nobody loves her anymore. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Live life now, not wait. But
1: but they, of course, they use it in a much better kind of context.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you kind of took something out of its element and made it much better. A couple of things about this movie: it uh, won the 1953 Bucharest Film Award, the Golden Wolf. As well as the, uh, fourth, uh, Berlin International Film Festival, the special prize of the Senate of Berlin in 1954. And it won, it was nominated for a golden bear, but it didn't win. And it was remade in 2007. Um, yep. yeah. Starring Matsumoto Koshiro. And they changed some stuff. They changed some stuff. So, yeah. But, uh, overall, uh, it's, it's an amazing movie. If you, if you haven't watched it, please watch it. Um... I don't know. That's all I, that's all I should say about it.
1: It's often considered to be like one of his best three movies. They had Rashomo, Seven mm-hmm. Samurai, and Ikidu yep. is usually the number three on those people's okay. lists.
0: Okay. Well, it's it just seems like one of those movies that because it wasn't one of his bigger films or rather it's more popular films that it gets, gets kind of looked over and you know, thankfully, uh Criterion did a good job of uh Yeah, yeah of, of course, so, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. I plan. mean that's yeah, what they do, I guess. You know, they just they take the best. And they take RoboCop, oh. too, which is an amazing movie, but Yeah, yeah, have- but I just got that DVD the other day. I- <laughs> I we should do a review of Robocop, why it's awesome. On so many levels. Really, really. But that's an
1: incredible movie. So- I agree, it's a favorite of mine.
0: <laughs> uh Kurosawa, he's
1: often seen as a samurai director, like <laughs> All of his very, very, very famous movies are samurai movies, Seven Samurai, and Rashomon, and Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, Sanjuro Yojimbo, Ron, Kagemusha. All of his most, most famous movies are samurai films, so typically people look over his more contemporary Japanese movies, I think, like Ikiru. But he also has like lots of great film noirs like uh, Drunken Angel, Stray Dog, uh, The Bad Sleep Well. So I often think there's more contemporary movies like Ikiru get overlooked unfairly. Yeah. Well, Ikiru is, of course, the most popular of all those, but the other ones kind of get overshadowed a bit.
0: Um, <laughs> um, a minute, have, we, have we decided what we're going to call this podcast? Um, no. <laughs> I- <laughs> Maybe what we can do is um, we'll set up an email uh, or set like on, a, on your Facebook or our Facebook because I'm assuming only our friends are going to listen to this in the beginning and if they want to pass this on, it'd be great. But um, if you can think of a title for our untitled uh, Ron and Derek blog, or blog, what am I talking about, podcast, Jesus Christ, uh, yeah, send it to us, and maybe we'll use it, maybe we won't, maybe we'll, you know, get people involved, kind of thing. What do you think? Ah, good idea. All right, <laughs> All right dude, it's, uh, why don't we finish this up, because we've been talking oh. for about 45 minutes now.
1: And 45 minutes. Well, we haven't been recording for 45
0: minutes. you have been about. recording for...